0: Welcome to episode 26 of the Worship Is Life podcast, where worship equals relationship, and relationship is the purpose of life. I'm your producer Taylor Marshall, and today's guest is Dr. Carol Alexander. And here's your host Todd Marshall. Thank you, Taylor. How are you? I'm doing well. Got lots of exciting updates here in life. Over yeah. Here. Well, let's do that. Let's jump into your updates. Let's see. This is coming out. Um, on Monday, which means this Friday, if you're listening to this, this Friday, August 26th, shout out to my brother-in-law; it's his birthday. Um, it will be two major, major things for me. I've got a new song coming out, and I'm super pumped about it. It's called "Jumping In." Uh, mentioned it once on the podcast before, uh, but it's the new opener to my show. And speaking of my show, um, we actually have—I'll be—I'll be playing at a at a music festival, Christian music festival, in Isle, Minnesota which is about two hours north of the Twin Cities if you're in the area. And um, I actually found out I'm playing at 1 p.m. Here's the list right here. I've got it pulled up. The Facebook event, the link's in my Instagram bio. Um, I'm playing at 1 p.m., and Riley Clemens is right after that. She's a great um, Christian artist. And then Jason Gray, Tasha Layton, and Disciple. That's the lineup for Friday, August 26th. And there's also events on uh, I think the festival is like Wednesday through Sunday, so you can you can find that out and check it out. It's a free Christian event, so would love to come ha- have you there. And then um, we also for the for the hometown people in Minneapolis, we've been planning the fourth annual concert in the cul-de-sac. Yes, crazy that it's year four. We started with a small concert in uh in the in our garage at your at your place, Dad, mm-hmm. and that was the kind of like just the launch of this and it's become bigger every year and it's become what's helped inspire to launch me out to do all the shows that I do. And we got the biggest one ever. We got cookie dough bliss coming out with a food truck and <laughs> ice cream truck. <laughs> it's going to be really fun. So looking forward to that. I didn't even say when it is September 15th Yeah. and that's um, 7 PM. It's a Thursday in Woodbury and we'll post a link to that as well. And you can find the address on there.
1: Yep. That's the Oxford court cul-de-sac in Woodbury, Minnesota. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, it's just been fun to watch that develop and um, have all the neighbors from all over, not just our cul-de-sac, but just right. dozens and dozens and dozens coming from all over our neighborhood for this now. And uh, yeah, it's just been such a fun, fun connection and outreach. And Yeah, it's uh, kind
0: of the big hometown show that I do. So it's yeah. like we invite all friends and family to it and kind of bring a lawn chair. Had 150 people last year hoping for... Maybe two this year. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So,
1: we'll see what happens. Yeah, and I'm really excited about um, our fall schedule coming up. Uh, we've got the you know the fullest the fullest schedule we've had since before COVID. Amazing! So really excited about that, including you and I taking a three day tour together mm-hmm. to Delaware. Yep. Um, in the Pennsylvania-Delaware district. Yeah, it will be great. Um, so, yeah, so super excited about that. And, uh, yeah, it's been a great summer, and it's going to be a great fall.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Going to great fall. Mm-hmm. Well, we're really excited to have as our guest today Dr. Carol yes. Alexander. She, uh, she serves as the uh, director of graduate studies at Trinity Bible College, and her husband, Paul, is the president there. And uh, so we're just uh, thrilled to have her. And so we say welcome, Carol, to you, to the Worship is Life podcast. Yeah,
2: Thank you. It's wonderful to share with you today. Thank you.
1: Yeah, we're so excited to have this conversation with you. You and your husband have just had an amazing journey. Um, We have gotten to know each other through our Minnesota District Family Camp Um, So I'm there each year just helping out uh, with the music and either leading or overseeing the teams that are leading. And you guys have been guests of ours three years that I have been there, either as the morning uh, teachers or as the evening speakers. And so it's just been a blessing to get to know you guys and build a relationship with you. And we were together just a few weeks ago, Um, at family camp and I was just uh, listening to you guys again and I'm like okay we got to get we got to get these guys uh, on our podcast and just uh, get our our circle influence exposed to your life and and your story and um, yeah so Carol just tell our listeners uh, just, I mean, I know you have uh, uh, you guys have written books about your stories, so <laughs> we could take the whole podcast just talking about that. But just give us the nutshell version of your guys's journey, and just tell us a little bit about your family.
2: Okay, thanks, Todd. <clears throat> well, uh, our journey started when we were young people. Uh, both of us uh, met Jesus in profound ways on on Christian camps. And um, then we came into each other's lives when we were just, Paul was 16, uh, 17, and I was 16. And um, both felt the call of God at a very young age. And um, our life started a very big adventure. We went to the UK and studied um, there for a number of years, got married after that, and then started a a ministry, worldwide ministry, where we uh, began in New York City. In Teen Challenge. And from there, we just traveled around the world preaching the gospel. A very formative time in our lives because we lived completely by faith and uh, just our faith life grew incredibly over that season. Uh, We eventually went back to the UK and pastored a major church there. went back to South Africa, pastored there for a number of years, and then we pioneered the first mission training um, school in South Africa and uh, saw God do amazing things uh, over the next number of years. We sent missionaries to over 42 nations around the world and just saw amazing things during that period. And then from there, we went to Australia where we ministered for seven years in a um, a big city church and had other responsibilities as well. From there, we went back, uh, we went to the UK and uh, we led the British Assembly of God um, seminary and Bible college. And then from there, in a roundabout way to North Dakota. So that's a little snippet of our journey over the last 40 something years.
1: Yeah, Um, that's amazing. And talk to us a little bit about your kids and your
2: grandkids. Okay, we have two kids, a daughter, Anna, who lives in North Carolina with her husband, Rich, and um, two beautiful grandchildren, a granddaughter of 13 years of age, and a grandson of 11. And then our son and his wife live in California. He's our miracle story. Mm -hmm. And he got married 18 months ago to a beautiful Uh Turkish girl, Aysel.
1: Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. So, Mm. Carol, you've uh, written um, about some of your story and a lot of great things in a book titled Wild Hope. Tell us a little bit about your book.
2: (sighs) So I wrote that book a number of years ago. People kept saying to us, when are you going to put your stories into print? And so basically it follows the uh, chronological order of my life. Obviously, it's not a full autobiography, but um, it starts off with me as a 13-year-old living in South Africa, and my family were just nominal Christians, and in there's the story of how My sister was drowning in a pool and God spoke to me um, and said, Tracy's drowning in the pool. And Mm. it's the miraculous story of God giving my sister back. And then it traces my life through uh, um, finding Jesus, going to Bible college, meeting Paul, um, and then uh, the story of my son uh, and his accident and culminating in our our going to Trinity Bible College. Wow.
1: Wow. mm. That's awesome one of the uh, you know one of the main insights i teach around the world and that we try to bring into this podcast as much as possible is god's relational pattern of revelation and response so he's always mm-hmm. revealing in some ways sometimes general ways sometimes very specific ways then inviting us to respond and then when we respond, then he responds. And this is how he does relationship with us. And that's just an, an awesome, amazing story about your, your sister and God just dr- dropping that into you to save the life of your sister. That is, yeah. that is stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to go into another story, um, amazing story of yours. This comes from chapter one of your husband's latest book titled Faithful. And by the way, just to let our listeners know, um, all their books are available on Amazon, searching Paul and Carol Alexander, but also um, you can find them uh, online at the Trinity Bible College bookstore. That might even be a uh, an easier way to, to search. So Trinity Bible College bookstore, and I encourage you, to uh, get on there and check those out. So chapter one, uh, so he wrote Faithful, really about the story of Trinity Bible College, where you guys have been now for 10 years and have just resurrected that place and have seen miracle after miracle. So it's an amazing story. But in chapter one, it's titled The Dream. And he tells the story of a dream you had um, and as I was reading the story, it literally, like, my, like I, my eyes, like, welled up with tears because it brought me back to how specifically God called me into this Worship is Life ministry now. And uh, so I enjoyed uh, hearing or reading this story from your husband's perspective, but I want to hear your version and let our listeners hear this great uh, this great story of God speaking to you and your response to him and his response to you.
2: Okay. Thanks, Todd. Um, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful story and it's, it's kind of been the story that's kept us and kept us focused at, at Trinity. But um, in 2011, we knew we would be leaving Madison uh, Hall Bible college and graduate school. And, um, and we, we, didn't really know what the next step in our life was. And um, I went to bed one night and I, I, dream- I had a dream. I know that's pretty common, we dream, but this was such a unique dream that I woke up as soon as the dream was co- had finished and I knew immediately that it was a God dream. So um, my dream was in two parts. And the first part was what we were leaving And it seemed like a curtain closed and God said, that season's over now. And then a curtain opened and Act two, um, in my dream, I'm sitting in a car with Paul and um, we we stationary for a while and that made sense because we were leaving Madison and didn't know what the next step was. And I suddenly became aware of something on the back seat of the car and I turned around and I saw a baby, and I looked at the baby, and I said to Paul, oh, the baby's dead, the baby's dead, and I just started weeping in my dream. And Paul put his head on the steering wheel, and we were both weeping together, and then something in my spirit said, turn around and touch the baby. So I turned round, and I touched the baby, and as I touched the baby, I saw the baby still had life. It, it appeared dead, but it had life, and so I quickly picked up the baby, I turned around and I said to Paul, the baby's alive, the baby's <laughs> alive. And I just, I, I, the, the joy in my heart, and we were both there, the baby's alive, the baby's alive, and my dream ended. Mm. And um, it, it was such a powerful dream. It was five o'clock in the morning. I nudged Paul and I said, wake up, wake up. I've had a dream. And he said to me, go back
0: to bed, darling. (laughs) Ah, That's amazing.
2: Yeah. And I, you you know, when you've dreamed something or you've had a vision or, or some words are mulling around in your head and you feel the need to articulate them, to make sense of Mm -hmm. them, that's what was happening to me. And so I couldn't get back to sleep. And, um, I knew Paul at breakfast, he didn't wanna hear my dream. So (laughs) after lunch at the college, we always used to go back to our house, which was on the campus and have a cup of tea. And um, I was sitting with my tea in my hand and I can still see myself. I put my head back on the couch and I said, Lord, if this dream is from you, please tell me what it is. And all God said is, it's your next position of ministry. Mm. And I thought, oh, wow. Now, because we'd lived in South Africa and ministered and had a Bible college there, we opened orphanages and had ministry to AIDS orphans and done a whole lot of different ministries there. I kind of thought, dead baby, maybe we're going to go back and do something in Africa. And... Um, So we just, you know, we laid this uh, dream before the Lord and said, Lord, lead us, guide us. Um, So we got back to the States in um, December of 2011. And in the January of 2012, we got a phone call from a little college in Ellendale, North Dakota. Mm -hmm. And they invited us to come and do a spiritual emphasis week. But underneath that, there was a veiled kind of, invite to come and Mm -hmm, do more. mm -hmm. And I just looked at Paul and I said, Where is this place? And (laughs) we got out a map and I couldn't even see the place with my glasses. So I got out a (laughs) magnifying glass and eventually found this little pinprick of a place called Ellendale. And Mm -hmm. I said, Oh, I said, why we why do we want to go there? Uh you know, we got God's used us in Europe and we built this big thing here. God's a clever God. He's not going to take us to the backwaters of Ellendale, North Dakota. Mm -hmm. Um, And I said, God is a clever God. And apart from that, I said to Paul, you know what? I've prayed for our next position of ministry, and God knows we suffered um, British weather for seven years, so I've prayed and I've asked God that the next place we go to would be have palm trees, white beaches, beautiful, beautiful waves. And mm. God knows that's Hawaii, but I've given God some options. If Hawaii doesn't fit, Florida or California will do mm-hmm. just fine. Right, right. So it's not Ellendale. But we, uh, Paul said, well, let's go and bless them and do a spiritual emphasis week. So that's what we did. And we arrived on the campus on the 19th of January. Um, mm. It was minus 19 degrees. Mm. I got out of that car and I thought, who lives here? Who lives in a place like this? <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, we had our first chapel service and Paul preached. And this is the honest truth. We were standing on the platform in those days, the the speaker and others stood on the, uh, sat on the platform and we were singing. And I looked over at the group singing, the students, and I thought I actually whispered to Paul, this place is dead. And, um, and I, and then he preached, and there was such an incredible response to the altar call that I said, actually, there's more life in it than I thought. Mm. And the next day, I preached in chapel, and there was the same response. And then after that, preach in the chapel the second day. Uh, some of the board said, "Can we meet with you?" And we went into a little conference room. It was a little bit uncomfortable because I don't think they really knew how to get the conversation going, and um, and. I didn't want the conversation to go anywhere, quite <laughs> frankly. Amazing. So, um, so eventually, one of the board looked at us and he said, "Look, I'm going to be honest with you." He said, um, "About a year ago, I can't remember if it was a year, but more, but somewhere in that region, he said, we kind of thought that Trinity, Trinity's days were over. We wondered if the baby was dead." Mm-hmm. And um, but we we felt that there was still life in it and that if somebody would pick it up um, and nurture it
0: mm, wow.
2: um, that that it could come back to life. And you know <laughs> I I was utterly stunned at the use of words mm-hmm. because I had never shared my dream with anybody. Mm. I'd only shared it with three, incredible leaders in the UK. And I, I don't really know why I felt compelled to share with them, but it, my dream was so uh, vivid and so strong that I wanted to share it responsibly with, with people that I knew were great leaders and they all led great churches in the States, in the UK. And so they were the only three people bar Paul that had ever heard me share my dream. Mm. And the language I used was the language that had been used. If somebody would pick it up and nurture it, Mm. we felt that it still had life in it. Mm. And that was the exact way I had explained my dream. And so Mm. we were sitting around that board table and in that moment I said, okay,
0: Mm.
2: it's not beautiful blue (laughs) skies. It's not, uh, it's, you know, it's white, white landscape, but not the kind of landscape I ever anticipated. Um, but yes, Jesus, I always, I know and always have known in my life that God's will is the safest and best place. So I could very easily bow my head at that table and my heart and say a very definite yes to Jesus. Wow. This is your will and my heart is happy with your will because I know it will be the safest place.
0: Wow. Amazing. Yeah, that is
1: amazing. Um, and as you two have responded, um, to the revelation from the Lord, um, God has certainly responded to you guys and your work. So just share, uh, yeah, just share with our listeners some of the things that, um, that has happened there at Trinity, just with the miracles of finances and building renovations and new buildings and the ministries yeah. that have developed there with the students
2: oh it's been an incredibly exciting um, 10 years and we've seen God do amazing things when we came to Trinity there was no graduate there were no graduate programs whatsoever and our school was a uh, on academic probation. So um, the first thing we did was we went to meet our creditors and when they met us, they said to Paul and I, why don't you start a graduate school? And I looked at them, I thought, we're under probation and you're telling us to start a graduate mm-hmm. school? Mm-hmm. But that was all we really needed because when they said that, I thought they must have confidence that Trinity will be okay. If they're telling us to start a graduate uh, school at Trinity they they sending me the message that they think it's going to be okay so that was all I needed Paul that was all Paul and I needed and in 2014 we started our first graduate program a master of Arts, in missional leadership and since then we've grown to a master of arts in um, global theology where we travel to four continents around the world, Mm -hmm. a master of arts in rural ministry, the first of its kind in the United States, a master of arts in world religions uh, that's launching right now and a master of arts in chaplaincy and we started our PhD program two years ago. So those are some of our programs um, that that are new at Trinity, And then just the buildings have been utterly miraculous Um, in the last 10 years. I think we've done $20 million worth of Mm. renovation Mm. and building around the campus, and it's not done yet. It's not done yet. (laughs) And... um, Yeah, we still have some dreams for Trinity that uh, that we believe God has put in our hearts. And then I think one of the most amazing things, it might not seem amazing to people, but we came to quite a broken community. I remember thinking, there's no unity here. The faculty are Mm. divided. It Mm. it just felt like a toxic environment. Mm. And the first thing we did was we cleared out a room in uh, the old Davidson building, which was just the foundations were decaying. It's now completely renovated, over $3.5 million of renovation. But we took one of the rooms and we did it out beautifully and we called it the commons. And we said every morning, everybody, staff, faculty, kitchen workers, ground workers, Mm. everybody needs to come in here and meet for tea. (laughs) And I always tell people that room, healed our community. Yeah. It was wow. that room that healed us. And to this day, every single day, 10 o'clock, everything shuts down. Faculty and staff get together in there. And it's the rowdiest room in the on the campus. That's we love, we have fellowship. And I believe that, that that was the room that healed our community. And today when people walk on our campus, come into chapel, they uh, we have people that just start crying. They say we feel the presence of God mm-hmm. from the moment wow. we walk through the doors, mm-hmm. and for me, that's probably the most meaningful thing yeah. that people know and sense our beautiful Jesus when they walk onto our campus. Wow. For me, that's that's greater than all the other miracles put together.
1: Yeah, well, that is such a beautiful example of the purpose of this podcast worship. Equals relationship. The purpose of life is relationship. That is, that is so awesome, and I'm just so encouraged that um, you guys have shown value to that truth and that reality, and even um, give that that dynamic credit for for bringing that place to life. And um, so you and your husband have certainly nurtured that baby and brought Mm -hmm. it back to life. So that's just so amazing. And we want to encourage people to be checking out Trinity Bible College, both their undergrad and their graduate programs. Mm -hmm. Um, And we want to segue that bringing a baby back to life into this amazing story that you alluded to uh, with your son, Jason. And um, this horrific accident, I again just saw the picture of his what was left of his car this week uh, on your Facebook page. And, and uh, just walk our listeners through that story and just how... Um, you saw the hand of God and also just the support of others, uh, in, in walking through that, that tragedy.
2: Okay. Well, on, um, the 1st of July, 2002, we were living in North Carolina and, um, it was a beautiful summer's day. Um, Jason was home for the summer and he was preparing to go to, um, a Vanguard University in California, and he was just back for a, a while saving and getting ready for college and um he he went his way, I went my way, my daughter went her way, Paul went his way I went shopping I came back from shopping. And um, I was uh, laying my groceries down, and I heard uh, the doorbell ring. And I went, and there was a burly policeman standing there. And I thought, oh, they—they they must be raising money. And I opened the door, and with a big smile, I said, "Hi, how are you? How can I help you?" And he looked at me. He—he lo- he was very somber. Mm. He looked at me, he said, "Are you Carol Alexander?" I said, "Yes." And I looked a little bit puzzled, like. He knows my name, and he said, "Do you have a son called Jason Alexander?" And I said, "Yes." And now was uh, everything was firing in my brain, Mm -hmm. and I said, "Yes." And he, I, and and a thought went through my mind: "Oh boy, has Jason got a a traffic uh, ticket?" And we just moved to North Carolina. I thought maybe it's a bit of a strange state where policemen come and tell the mother (laughs) that their son got a traffic ticket (laughs) and so that that's as far as my mind got had gone and then he looked at me he said ma'am your son's been involved in a very tragic accident and he's been airlifted to carolina's medical center Hmm. and my world just ah but in that blackness immediately you know scripture goes through your head where all the days ordained for me were written in your book before Mm. one of them came to be. I was not prepared for this day, Jesus, Mm. but you Mm. knew about it. And um, we got to the hospital and did not know what state my son was in. I just know that the the policeman said to me, when you get there, tell them you're the mother of the boy that came in the helicopter. And I thought, Mm. oh, my word, a helicopter. Mm. What kind of injuries are, are these? And um, when we got there, I sat down. And um, actually, sorry, we went to the reception, and I just said, "My son, my son." He came in the helicopter, and they said, "Ma'am, go and sit down. We'll get the policeman to come and talk to you." And I thought, "Policeman, come and talk to you." I, I thought so. Immediately, I'm thinking, "Jay's died," and mm. I'm there with Paul, and I put my head back, and I'm I was crying, mm. and I said, "God." Uh, you, you didn't prepare my heart for this. You didn't prepare my heart for this. And and then some ashen-faced doctors came through and they took us into a little room and they told us that Jason was in a very, very critical position. And um, the assumption was that he was not going to make it through. And they said, we're going into surgery now and um, we we basically don't hold out much hope for your son.
0: Mm. Mm.
2: And our daughter was sitting with us at that stage and we walked out. And the most of there's another backstory to my daughter, what had happened to her and how God had prepared her the whole week before. But she put her arms on my shoulder and she looked deeply into my eyes and she just said to me, mommy, my brother is going to walk out of this hospital. Mm, mm. And um, Then we went upstairs to the fifth floor and we sat there for some agonizing hours. And then they came to us and they said, your son has sustained some incredible heart injuries. Um, So at that stage, We didn't know a whole lot, um, but the injuries were a ruptured aorta, which, if you know, is a 1% chance of survival. But with his ruptured aorta, a a rib also went right through his heart Mm. um, and came out again. He had a ruptured liver, a ruptured spleen, um, and ruptured lungs. So I don't think the doctors held out any hope. In fact, the doctors told us that they'd never admitted anything Anybody with worse injuries Mm. than Jason.
0: Mm. Oh my goodness.
2: Um, into that, and I looked at that hospital and I thought, oh my, they said he's the sickest boy we have in this hospital and um they went into surgery and he was in surgery for over 7 hours and they couldn't operate down the front because he, every rib in his rib cage had been broken oh, so they had to go through the back and um try and do some they try and fix his ruptured aorta and then do some other packing of his liver and his spleen and it was unbelievable and um day after day they told us um your son your son will not survive. Mm. One of the things that happened on the first night, we obviously slept in the hospital for a number of nights, and uh, Paul took our daughter Anna home and um, with him to get some clothes for us. I stayed at the hospital, and um, he said, get some things for mom as well. And and then he was looking for Anna. He couldn't see her in our room. And, and then he looked into um, Jason's room, and he saw Anna there, on her knees and she had her hands in her brother's shoes and she said Jesus please let my brother walk in these shoes again
0: Mm.
2: and um, they came back to the hospital and then for the next 21 days we it was a roller coaster Mm. Uh, every day there were more injuries on the third day Uh, Jason had a number of strokes and they called us in. They didn't think he was going to survive. And uh, our church were absolutely incredible. We'd only been in First Assembly in Concord, North Carolina. We, Pastor Sam and Vicki Farina were the pastors at that time. We'd only been there for four months and that church rallied around us and prayed for us Mm. and loved on us. Every single night we left the hospital, somebody met us as we left, stayed on the fifth floor, prayed right through the night, mm. met us in the morning when we got there, mm. and that and they left, and mm. they did that for the entire time our son was in ICU in wow. trauma ICU, and um, it was it was horrendous. Their, their whole stories there of the. the the way we were able to minister to the the doctors and the nurses and other patients. But yep. on the 21st day, um, Jason opened his eyes and by now everybody was very connected to him. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the the staff and the doctors. And one of the doctors, Bob, saw him open. She was a Christian. She saw him open his eyes. She said, Jay, Jay, can you hear me? Um, and, What was so important to them was that they told us they didn't think that if Jay did survive, he would ever walk again because they'd lost blood supply to the spinal column. Mm. And they were also um, afraid of of injury to the brain. So Mm. she said, Jay, Jay, can you hear me? And he shook his head.
3: Mm.
2: And she said, good. Jay, you've been in an accident. Do you understand? He shook his head. And then uh, they said other things. And then she said, Jay... I want you to concentrate now, think very carefully. If you can wiggle your left toe, please wiggle it for me. And he wiggled his left toe. Wow. And then she said, Jay, listen carefully. If you can wiggle your right toe, will you please wiggle it for me? And he wiggled his right toe. Mm. And she told us the next morning, she said, all of the staff were around his bed. And she said, we were all crying because we knew that the God of the Alexanders (laughs) had heard and answered their prayers. And yeah, it was just amazing. And also on the third day um, where Jay had all those strokes, I said to Paul, I'm not leaving the hospital. I'm not leaving until I've met with the the trauma doctor. And he was actually the head of trauma for the whole of the United States. Mm -hmm. And he called us into his little office and he he looked at us and he said, ma'am, He said, listen to me. He said, I was in surgery with your son on the first day when we brought him in, and I did not think that he would survive. He said, none of us did. He said, but I'm a man of science. I'm not a man of faith. But I want to tell you that everybody here knows that there is a higher power that is looking after your son because medical science could not do this. Mm. And he said, go home and sleep and put your faith in that higher power <laughs> because he's doing what we could never do. And I said, mm. talk about the ungodly, <laughs> giving the godly
0: advice. Seriously, mm.
2: Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, Jay, they told us that Jay would probably be in hospital for um, up to six months to a year. And after six and a half weeks, they said they could release Jay. Mm. And here's another miracle. <clears throat> On the day he was to be released, they couldn't find a wheelchair. We waited for two hours and they couldn't find a wheelchair in a hospital. In a hospital. <laughs> so after two hours, Paul said to um, Jay, look, let's put on your physio belt and mom and I will walk on one side and Anna will walk behind and we'll walk you out of this hospital. Mm. And we did. Wow. And Man. here's the amazing thing. As Paul put Jay's legs into the car, we remembered Anna saying, my brother will walk out of this hospital. Yeah. And he walked out of the hospital in the shoes that Anna had prayed for. Mm. Lord, let my brother out of this hospital.
0: Man.
2: And so, you know, how amazing is God? Mm. You know, how amazing. He should never ever, you know, to, to this day they let John Jay because he's such a miracle. He should never have survived. Wow. But um, really... What an incredible story that God gave us back our son mm. in well, such an amazing way. Well yeah. if I ever amazing. need
0: if I ever need help, I'm gonna have your daughter pray for me because that's pretty <laughs> that's a pretty prophetic, <laughs> incredible Wow. Yeah Praise yep. the Lord.
2: Absolutely, Praise absolutely.
0: The Lord. Yeah. Man. That is yeah.
1: uh that is amazing. Mm. Um yeah, your guys' lives are are just full of um, the stories of God's uh, involvement, God's intervention, God's leading, God's guiding, and then you guys uh, just responding um, through difficult times, through challenging times, through tragic times, and then um, and then just witnessing the faithfulness of God responding to you. So, um, yeah, I just want to, again, encourage people to... Get a hold of your guys's books. Check out uh, Trinity Bible College, and um, I'm, yeah, I'm just blessed to be a part of yeah. your guys's lives and a part of little
0: part of your guys's story. And, um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's an honor to have you on here, Carol. I've been I've been just listening and on the edge of my seat and tearing up and it's like it's crazy even with that story because you mentioned earlier that he just got married so i knew there was hope but i didn't know what the hope was as you were going before we let you go here um we want to bring on our honorary member of the podcast he likes to listen in and i'm sure he has some thoughts on your amazing story so um billy bob you're on here with dr carol alexander
3: carol great hi Oh, Carol, I can't, I can't, I'm trying to hold it all together here, listening to your stories and especially the story of your son. I mean, I just can't, I, I just, i I'm just in awe. I'm just in awe. It's been such, such a blessing to be listening to you. I'm so honored. I'm so honored to just to talk to you. And I mean, I'm talking to a PhD. I mean, I just love it when I get, when I get to talk to people who are smarter than me. Now, my wife would say that's everybody, but I know you're smarter than me because I know a thing or two about a thing or two. You're one smart lady and I'm just honored, honored to talk to you. Also, you know, I mean, I can tell. I can tell you're, you you and I have, have something in common, and that is, uh, you know, we both have a kind of a unique accent. I've been <laughs> just enjoying your accent, and uh, I just want to, so let's do something here. Um, I'm going to try to guess, I'm going to try to guess where you're from, where that accent came from, and then maybe you can try to kind of guess where you think my unique accent is from. So let me see. So... I mean, I mean, I mean, I heard you say UK, I believe that stands for United Kingdom. I'm not great with my geography, but I believe that's what that is. So so I'm guessing the British accent, but all right, I'm just, okay. I'm gonna no, say you're from the British
2: G- accent, Billy Bob, not the British it's accent. Not,
3: oh, it's not England? Uh oh, I'm in trouble mm-hmm. now then. Okay. Um yeah, yeah. now okay, I believe I did hear you mention Australia. It must be Australian accent. Australia?
2: Sorry, Billy Bob, wrong again.
3: Uh, okay. Then I have no idea. Where's your unique accent from?
2: Actually, this accent is a typical South African accent.
3: South African? Well, why does it sound a little British, a little Australian? What's the connection there?
2: I suppose it's a little bit mixed up because we've lived on four continents. We've lived in the UK, we've lived in Australia, we've lived in the U.S., Born in South Africa, so that's why it's a little wow. bit mixed up.
3: Wow, well, it's, it's, it's a joy to listen to, a joy. Okay, so, Dr. Carol, where do you think my accent is from? Uh,
2: Billy Bob, would I be right in guessing somewhere in the south?
3: Somewhere in the south is warm, that is for sure. You're warm, you're warm. Think you can, do you want to take a shot at pinpointing it?
2: Um. Okay, I'm going to take a wild shot. Is it somewhere in the Carolinas?
3: Well, again, I'm not great with my geography Um, um, because when I think of where we live, I kind of think of, you know, kind of like the Ozark area. Does the Ozarks reach reach into the Carolinas?
2: <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, okay. All right.
3: So maybe a little maybe not quite the Carolinas, but you know somewhere kind of in that Ozark area. And now I don't know, you know, I I am I'm, I'm taking a wild guess cause where we are. You know, we have some sayings, some words that maybe aren't common to the rest of the country. And I'm kind of thinking that that might be the same for you since you live in these d- different places. Um, uh, and then you live in the U.S., you've probably got some words or some sayings that you know you don't hear in the other places of the country. For example, here's one of mine. Maybe you can think of one, but here's one of mine. When uh, when when we're talking about someone who is uh, like a little, like a little, hmm, kind of like ignorant of what's going on, kind of like a happy ignorance, here's what we say, we say, we say, She's as happy as a dead pig in the sunshine. <laughs> okay, your turn. Do you got a word or a phrase you guys say that, 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 that the Americans wouldn't normally say?
2: Um, well, does this translate if we in South Africa, if somebody was a little bit ignorant, we'd say they're a penny short of a pound.
3: Oh, Penny sort of Power. Yeah. <laughs> I, got I like that. I like that. What What? 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 some other ones that you would have that you think of?
2: Okay. Well, you know something we say in South Africa, which never translates in the United States or anywhere really, is if we see a cute little baby and we think it's really sweet and gorgeous and adorable, we'll look at that baby and go, oh, Shame. And I realized very quickly that you never say, ah, oh, shame to a sweet, adorable um, American baby. You say, oh, you're, oh, aren't they beautiful? But in South Africa, we would always say, ah, oh, shame, which meant they were lovely. Oh,
3: wow. Well, where Do you have any idea how that came to be?
2: I have absolutely no no idea whatsoever. Oh,
3: man. Well, I have one of those, too. I have one of those, too, that I have no idea where it comes from because it makes no sense to me. But when, when someone says to us, how are you, you know, and we're feeling like we're good, here's what we we, we say. We say, I'm finer than frog hair split four ways. <laughs> now, I have no idea where that could come from, because as far as I know, frogs don't have hair, and I can't split one four ways. But I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. That doesn't work out too well. Well, man, I, I just been, this has been so much fun. I just, I've just i just been so honored listening to you and your stories. It's been such a, a pleasure to me. So God bless you and your husband, you. Paul, and your family, and Trinity Bible College. Oh, it's up there in Ellendale, North Dakota, oh, where the god Frozen Chosen are living. God, God bless you,
0: Carol. <laughs> Thank you, Billy Bob. Thanks, Billy Bob. Again, it's an honor to have you here, Carol. Yes, it is. Such a Thank blessing. Thank you so much. Yeah, this Thanks, has been Taylor great.
2: Thank you, Todd.
1: Yeah, and uh, we're going to get this um, out available. people in just a few days and we'll let you know when it's uh out live and we can't wait for our audience to to hear from you and hear your stories
2: thank you and thank you for the privilege of having me with you today
1: thanks absolutely all right see you later god bless you bye
2: god bless Bye bye
0: We've got some very important links today i'm posting the link to carol's book as well as you can find my link which takes you to all my shows and to pre-save my new song comes out august 26 as well as worshipislife.org for more resources
2: my name is carol alexander and you're listening to the worship Is life podcast